Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. This is episode 113-113. Hope everybody is doing well out there. I am really excited about this episode, guys. I met this guy about probably a year ago, and we immediately had a connection. And after going through the full interview with him, it's clear to us why. His name is Chris Diaz. Chris Diaz, ladies and gentlemen, and this guy is one of the most educated house heads that I've ever met. An incredible DJ producer who's from Southern California. He spent time in New York and of course Chicago now as well. But this guy is really, really hitting his stride. He's got over a decade of experience, but he's still so young in the game. He just released on Hood Politics Records and has also had a slew of original releases this year as well. In this interview, guys, we got the full Chris Diaz story. I had so much fun talking to him about his journey from the first time he started DJing to where he's at now and, of course, his goals for the future. Chris, thanks so much for taking some time, man. It was genuinely a pleasure to talk to you and get your story, man. Let's let the people hear it for themselves, though. This is episode 113 with Chris Diaz. How you been, though? What's been going on with you, man? Are you officially in Chicago for the summer? I know you usually go back and forth. Yeah, so um, I like to spend my winters in California and spend my summers out here. Absolutely. Uh, just because, obviously, the, the, the cold was insane. wasn't so for you. I, I spent my first um, winter here in Chicago last year when it was like negative 50 degrees. <laughs> I got an Airbnb. I, I have my own solar company, so I came out to like test the market and, and do some door knocking out here to see if... Yeah. You know, see how the market was because it was a pretty new market. Right. And um, I survived the negative 50 degree weather, <laughs> fell in love with the city, and uh, decided, you know what, I'm going to come back in April. Moved back in April, did the same thing, Airbnb, met up with um, one of my, uh, a buddy from Solar, and we ended up, you know, finding a place together. And, um, and then, yeah, just working all summer, making connections. Like, I, lo I also love the, the house music scene and how prevalent it is out here. Yeah, man. So I was like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Why not? Of course. I know. I'm so excited to ask you about the difference between West Coast house, especially in San Diego, too. I know you do a lot of stuff in, in L.A., Long Beach area, but it is a different type of visceral experience here in Chicago, right? Definitely. I, yeah. I would agree with that. Where were you originally born, Chris? So I was born in Pomona, uh, which is about 45 minutes outside of uh, LA. Mm -hmm. But for the past 25 years, or at least till I was 18, uh, what am from Rancho Cucamonga, which is yeah. about 45 minutes to an hour. Everyone's like, oh, workaholics. Yeah. Workaholics. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's awesome, man. So then, like, what was it like growing up? I mean, in terms of musical inspiration, were your parents musical? Like, when did it actually come into your life? Obviously, West Coast, man, like, growing up in that time and age, hip-hop was huge, but what yeah. about electronic music? Most definitely. So, 
I would say my parents, uh, my parents met through the choir. Um, they've okay. been, yeah, you'll meet baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they've been, my mom plays the accordion, and my dad plays the guitar, and they both sing. Wow. So they've been, yeah, yeah. So they've been singing in the choir for the past, I don't even know how long, maybe like 30 years or something. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, I guess, in my in my roots, um, and then. Um, I was forced to play the piano <laughs> uh, for probably for about till I was uh, for maybe I was like third or fourth grade up until uh, freshman year of high school and then freshman year of high school my parents said you don't you know you don't have to take lessons you don't have to play if you don't want to right and I, I did it I, I actually picked up the guitar from that period and um, started playing like Spanish classical music nice. uh, are, uh, in high school and then I stopped playing both instruments for about two years uh, from sophomore to senior year forgot almost everything I, I learned dude I totally agree like my parents forced me to play the guitar and I was just like like fuck this I want to go play video games with my friends no one else is doing that right yeah I know it's tough but you could back it up then yeah um, I would say when I started DJing at 16 I, I'm, I'm 26 now. Yeah. Um, I started DJing when I was 16, and then uh, I moved out to St. John's. I moved out to New York and went to school out there. And there's where, like, I torrented Ableton and was like, yo, this is sick. Uh, <laughs> and started picking up, like, the piano back again because I bought, like, a little, you know, piano con uh, um, controller and yeah. just started messing around with making music. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's when, you know, that's when I really started picking up the piano again and guitar. Nice. What college was it then? St. John? St. John's, New York. Yeah. University. Where is that in New York? Queens. In Queens, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And? They have a Queens campus and a Manhattan campus. I went to the Queens campus and um, just, it wasn't my, it wasn't my place to be. Yeah, man. That's a bit intense. Yeah, it was way too cold. I mean, I can't complain about the cold because I'm here in Chicago. And it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was way too cold. Uh, and just like, it's a different place. You know, Queens is like, it, it, it's pretty dirty. Dude. Uh, it's pretty dirty. I know all about Queens. My dad was born in Bayside, Queens. My cousin lives out in Brooklyn. My aunt and uncle lived in Manhattan for 37 years now. So I know all about New York and what you're talking about, man. It's, it's not Chicago. It certainly is not the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Different type of people, too. Did you, how long did you go there for, then? I went there for a year. Okay. Um, I, lived, I lived above a bar. My, so I got kicked out of housing and lived above a bar for, uh, like, uh, the rest of my second semester. Mm-hmm. And it was like the college bar that everyone used to go to. Nice. And I had a fake at the time, so I was like, I'm <laughs> down there and would always have like pre games and stuff. And like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm pretty good at like when I got to do my work, I got to do my work. But I also was living with a fraternity member, um, and he would always have pre games when I would be trying to get my work done. So. Dude, <laughs> Ended up not doing well in school, and it, it was time for me to go home. <laughs> it's tough. Did you have, like, any musical influences over there? Like, were there DJs at that bar, or what was the scene like there? Yeah, so, okay, so kind of rewind, I guess, like, yeah. 
um, back in seventh grade, this girl told me she went to like EDC uh, LA in 2013. And I was like, that sounds amazing. That sounds so sick. And, and yeah. it introduced me to the music, uh, yeah. like the Tiesto, um, the, the Tiesto, you know, Swedish House Mafia music back then and was like, so the progressive hands up in the air, Alesso, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, I, I'm going to skip a lot of questions here. Is there inspiration from your recent track, Shift? Because you got a Greyhound sample there, bro. Is that Are we taking it back all the way to 2013 with your love? I did. I did. I did that. <laughs> My research. <laughs> I can't, I, I'm not going to say I, I did do it, but a definitely big influence, you know? Of course, man. Continue. Yeah, so 2013, 2014, huge progressive area for sure. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, like uh, fast forward, was loving that music. Like I, I have like mixes that I, I did like for Pioneer. Um, Pioneer used to have this like um, thing on YouTube where you would just record your mix and like, I, I forget what you name it, but I have like I have like mixes of me like doing live of like all that music from like 2011, 2012. That's still up. Yeah, I think so. I think it's still up. If you if you did some digging, you could find it. I'm not gonna go look. But it, it's interesting to like go back and look and be like, wow, like that. That's where music was, you know, of ten, course. ten years ago. That's so, crazy. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, and then I met this kid in college. Um, I met this kid in college who uh, I, I bought CDJs and was like, yeah, like I I, I want to like you know do this professionally and do this full time. I, I made that decision when I was 18 after coming back from EDC, right? And then going to New York, I met this kid and, and I was like, he was a DJ too, and he was like, yeah, like uh, let, let's mix. Started playing some like deeper like house music like the jamie jones type stuff and Tina's uh -huh. brothers yeah he's like bro like that that stuff's cool but this is this is the shit like this is where this is the music that will stay alive for generations wow and i was just like dude like yeah this is cool it's kind of slow you know i kind of like those bangers though you know <laughs> oh, man, trust me let he also had a fake or he was like 21 at the time, I guess, but he was like, let me take you. So we went to Pasha in New York uh, when it was still open, and I think we saw Danny Tanaglia, wow. and I was like, this is crazy. I, I just fell in love with the, the music's good, you know, it, 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 it's something you can listen to, you know, uh, while, while you're doing anything and kind of yeah. tune out of it. Yep. But the idea of people gathering and like not compared to what I was listening what compared to what I saw at EDC everyone looking at the DJ right. one three jump the DJ kind of controlling the crowd yeah going to Pasha and, and seeing Danny Tanaglia where the most you know simple sounds everyone's just chatting with each other facing each other not really facing the DJ and not yeah. in love with that I was like I met so many more people that night yeah and just like it was a way better vibe than uh you know having to be like oh you know gotta wait for the drop gotta wait for the drop crazy dude i had the same experience at crossfest which i know you're very familiar with uh, i think yeah. i went uh first time i went to that was i think it was 2016 maybe and 
I had been to house sets at festivals, but never been to a, a whole entire house and techno fest. And dude, I had the same experience. I was looking around like people are talking to each other. I can hear each other. Like these speakers are really good. It's not loud. It's clear. And I, you know, the DJ is kind of like crushing it, but it's not all about them. Right. Like it really is about the experience that they're giving. And I feel that only really happens with house and techno too. And you got to see that shit live, right? Even yeah. probably when you DJ with your friend there, it was dope, but it's like coming out of, you know, smaller speakers or, you know, you hear it through somebody's earphones and you're like, I, I don't get it. But until you experience it live and get the full effect, dude, you can just hook people. It's not hard to get people to like house music if you take them to a live show. For sure. Yeah, I definitely got all my friends in house music. I was I was kind of the one who like was always like trying trying to push it on my friends and then I finally yeah. gave them that experience and uh, Yoast Theater was probably that place that that uh, I started DJing at uh, mm -hmm. in, in college and, and that's when all my friends just started liking house music. I think that's maybe why we get along, Chris. We're like uh, we're optimistically peer pressures where we like we're like listen. Yeah, you're gonna come. You're gonna enjoy this. I'm gonna guarantee it. Yeah, and you might not like it the first few times, but if you want to continue hanging out with me, salesman, <laughs> you need a job at my place, man. That was a pretty good line. <laughs> I I do nothing but sales. <laughs> wow, that's right, man. It's all about selling yourself. Now I remember yeah. the first time I met you, Chris, was at uh, our homie JG's. Yeah. And you were mentioning to me you had traveled abroad a lot. I, if I remember correctly, by yourself to a lot of these. You went to a Berlin techno show. You went all over Europe. And I just thought it was the coolest thing, man. And it seems like you met a lot of people as well. You were in deep then. How old were you? And, and what was kind of like the inspiration there to like go all the way? Yeah, so it, this is an interesting story, I guess. Um, <laughs> I was originally supposed to go with my uh, girlfriend at that'll the time. Happen. That'll happen. And she was studying abroad, so I was supposed to go visit with her, and, and she, like, um, was supposed to, to, we were supposed to travel together to all these places, and I had my flight there, and then I had my flight back from my ending spot, which was uh, in, in Munich. Mm -hmm. And um, everything literally fell apart a month before I was supposed to leave and I was working this job at the time um, building up a solar company with five other buddies yeah and the, it was like non-stop grinding and and I was kind of like oh I you know I don't think I'm gonna go anymore and she's like you like you should just go you know you, you should just go and uh, so I was like all right I'll, I'll give it a try um, ended up meeting up with her um, for the first few days, and then not not good. <laughs> I like I kind of just winged it, you know. I just winged it and, and literally just chased house music. The original that was kind of the original plan, like to go all these places that I was gonna chase house music. So I went to London, went to Eggden, uh, where else? I uh, uh, Egg was the only one that I was able to go in. in in England and then I went to Amsterdam didn't go to any house music places over there but then uh, going to Prague uh, went to this one club that I've been trying to find and I'm not really sure what the called, but it was so fucking sick yeah and I'm in the best like techno music 
and Prague in itself is just one of the most beautiful places that I've ever been. It's probably my favorite country that I've visited so far. Wow, okay. Yeah, so, and then from Prague, went to Berlin, went to, like, the techno clubs over there, partied for, like, 48 hours, <laughs> met, met people there that I just kind of, like, uh, from the hostel, uh, met some people there and, and just kind of, like, went around to all these clubs and it got the full experience it's so awesome with hostels. You can just meet people and they're down to like invite you out. I just feel like, I don't know, that doesn't happen in America, but in Europe, it's like the front door person who checks you in asks if you want to come to a pregame at their place. Like that happened to me in Lisbon, Portugal. We checked in. He was like, hey, we're going out tonight. I was like, yeah, this guy's a local. Yeah. Like, give it to me. Yeah, for sure. And, and definitely when I looked up um, like where I was, where I was going and, and staying last minute, I was like, party hostels, party hostels, party hostels. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you gotta do it you know absolutely uh, man so yeah like and then the and then from berlin went to munich in munich i found this like world war ii building that was like vacant and they threw a, a, a fatty warehouse party there and i met <laughs> this kid human that was also making music at the time and, and he just like was like yeah like you could have my ticket like uh, one of my friends bailed, and I was just like, wow, this, yeah, it was insane. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Now, the reason I wanted to ask you about that is because I want to fast forward to where you're making and releasing music now. And since I knew that story and you got those sort of raw experiences there, I feel your music is is pretty emotional, man, for being house music. Like, I definitely get a lot of different vibes, and we'll get into that, but... Yeah. Do you feel that those experiences, whether it be so specifically in that World War II warehouse vibe or whether it be like your first gig, does that translate into your productions nowadays in terms of influence? Um, I would say I would say that it just like secured my love yes. for, for, for the industry and for the scene and like for my passion and what I want to do my whole life. Mm -hmm. it definitely secured my love. And I feel like right now, I'm making music that that makes me happy first and foremost, but also attends to the people who listen to my music and the and the crowd that that you know I interact with. Mm -hmm. Definitely want to go more towards that simple techno, you know, uh, like Michael Beebe style later on. Yes, because I really do enjoy listening to that music, mm -hmm. but. I also really do enjoy throwing a banger and people just going like, what the fuck is it? Like, like, oh yeah, like definitely I, I enjoy that right now. And, and this kind of plays into the San Diego versus, you know, Chicago thing. Yeah, San Diego man. is all about that, you know, big, heavy, just drop, drop synths and, and a really high energy style. Uh, uh, house music. Right, like, I, I listened to uh, your set from out in San Diego pretty recently, and it was a lot different than a set I've seen you play at Spy Bar, or even just, like, DJing at Jake's, you know, so... Yeah. You really do know your crowd, though, and it's pretty cool that you've had all this experience, whether it be, like, growing up in L.A., living in New York, traveling abroad in Europe, you know, living in Chicago. You've yeah. met a lot of people, you've had a lot of influences, man, and, dude, six months ago was your first official release, right? Want Me to Stay. Yeah. Downloaded that right away. I've got all your music, FYI. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so seductive. When I heard that, I was like, this is Chris Diaz. Like, Want Me to Stay was dope, but there was something about so seductive with the vocals and, like, you had a little, like, just flavor of so many different types of people, man. A lot of the people that you've mentioned. Yeah. Now, Shady's Jam and, of course, Shift, like I mentioned earlier, off Hood Politics. Congrats, man. That's a, a great label. I know you got some homies over there, but still, your production speaks numbers. I appreciate that, really, yeah. Dude, I love it. It's so sick. Dude, thank you. Yeah, that one... That one was sitting. I was sitting on it for a little while, but yeah, I, I, if you listen to like all my music, yeah, um, want me to stay was was like, it was one that I, I brought out of the works just to like start releasing something. Yeah. I missed that song like three years ago, I think. <laughs> and, um, I liked it. You know, I kind of like uh, took uh, inspiration from Nick Fanciulli and and kind of uh, put. A little bit more of a, of energy, you know. Later on, and then that was like, and then I and then I moved down to San Diego, and that's when like my sound like really started developing into that uh, in, into that uh, so seductive shift uh, and uh, shady fan music. Little like you gotta like. So seductive is is definitely like a hot since eighty two knee deep in sound and shady's jam. You, do you get a little Michael Beebe vibes in that, too? So it, it's cool to see the music you're releasing, man, because I see you staying in a lane but kind of swift, shifting and coming back. So yeah. you're yourself, you're going outside your comfort zone. But do you think at this point you found the Chris Diaz sound? Or are you still developing that? I think, I don't know, dude. I think I'm still developing it, really. You know, I, I, I like all different types of music. I, I love, like I said, I love the, the banger stuff. I love, like, the deeper tech minimal um, stuff right. that Michael Beebe and them are making, and, and yeah, uh, um, yeah I, I feel like my sound is, is still developing, and I can't, I'll, I'll know when, like, I think, like, I have that sound that's mine, but that's so far, like, Shift, and or not Shift, um, Shady's Jam and So Seductive were, like, a lot harder to, to, to shop around because, like, they're just, like, different, especially Shady's Jam. Definitely. Like Shady's Jam was, 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 I couldn't think of a label that like <laughs> it would be good under, you know? Yeah. I, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to start my own label and, and throw that under there. <laughs> Just about to ask you, what, what was the release on that then? You started your own? Yeah, so I started my own label called Space Funk Records. Um, still haven't officially launched it and promoted it um, to, to, my, to the public. I've been... Um, kind of testing out uh, my, my songs with Shift, uh, so, so Seductive, and, and Shady's Jam. I've been testing out Spotify promotion strategies because one of, one of the things that I feel is that I feel like a lot of these labels are, are so focused on, on SoundCloud right now. Yeah. Have a big following on SoundCloud. But for me personally, I just believe that that's kind of a dying platform. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't see a lot of value in putting in a ton of effort towards, you know, releasing music. Doesn't mean I'm not going to do it, and doesn't mean I don't have a promotion strategy for for SoundCloud. Um, but it it's just for me. I I want to do the same thing. So I've been just like gathering a, a bunch of data, uh, cold emailing a bunch of different people who own a bunch of different playlists. Yeah. Uh, 
to to promote my music and i want to do the same thing for artists who want to sign under my label and kind of use it as a a, a selling point to hey yeah. I, I can help really get get your music some reach here for sure i think that's a really great point because you and i as djs grew up on the soundcloud boom you know i've interviewed so many people that have had so much success off SoundCloud remixes before they really went crazy with copyright. And I still use SoundCloud as a main platform, but in our eyes, the people of our generation that we want to enjoy our music, they consume via Spotify, right? Right, right, exactly. Spotify or Apple Music. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Congrats, though. I mean, that's that's major that you were like, I don't got a label. Well, I still need to release this. Maybe this is one day going to be my sound. And there are a lot of producers out there like you, right? Yeah. That are probably going to reach out to you because they produce a track just like you and they don't know what to do with it, but they want it to the world to hear. Oh, for sure. I mean, the other thing to consider is that, you know, you look at artists like Chance the Rapper. Yeah. Um, or even my buddy, oh, even my buddies over at Hood Politics, they did the same thing because they... You know, they, they sent out tons of, of demos to, and their sound is so unique now. They've definitely found their own sound where you're like, oh, that's a, yeah. that's a hood song. You know, and, and they just, they they created this thing over the, this beast over the past three years to really, you know, um, release on something that was theirs. And, and uh, I just kind of took the idea and, and, you know, did the same thing. And was like, all right, well, if I can release independently and have a promotion strategy behind it and still get that same volume uh, of people and listens and, and uh, that same outreach, like why, why release under another label? For sure. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I, I know you're a guy who does the research as well and have learned a lot. Have you had any mentors along the way that have helped you maybe even musically or professionally with your branding and stuff like that? For sure, uh, big shout out DJ Susan. Uh, one of my one of my. Uh, oh, oh God, dude! Everything I've seen him, the mustache and no shirt on, and just banging tech house. Dude, he, he's he's a legend. Like he's he's uh, he's just a really good guy, and you can like yeah, energy from him as soon as you walk in into the door. Uh, he's definitely a big mentor towards mine. He's introduced me to a lot of people, helped me get a lot of gigs, helped get establish. Um, you know, in, in San Diego, um, as well as my buddy Oren and uh, the other one out here that I met, you know, John Summit, he's become a really good friend of mine and has definitely mentored me on release strategies and like what to do. Um, yeah, so like I've been kind of just trying to pick the brains of some of the biggest people who I know personally and, and uh, kind of follow that, that route, but also add a little twist of it to my own from what I know uh, about marketing and stuff. I love that, man. And I always love asking that question to guys and really on any level, because whether you're big or small, you know that everyone started in the same place. And I especially find that in the Midwest, just maybe because I'm based in Chicago, is that you think people aren't willing to help because it is a competitive city. But there are a lot of people who are willing to help you if your ask is genuine. You know, it's not like, hey, give me the give me your contact at your biggest label. I've got a great track. Right. It's like, hey, I, I love what you do. I want to learn from you. I go to your shows, this and that, right? Like, it's, it's a, it needs to be a humble industry. And I think that's not as exposed as much as it should be and as much as it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I agree with that. It's, there's like, um, there's a, a, a big competitiveness and like where it shouldn't be with your homies, you know, it's like, uh, 
uh, you all just want to grow together. And that's what I love about San Diego is San Diego is kind of on that same thing. We all, we all have different goals and have different organizations, you know, um, that run parties down in San Diego, but ultimately we all kind of help each other booking each other for our parties, you know, for other parties to yep. kind of build that, that community, everyone, where everyone does know, you know, everyone in that, in that sense, Not the, best. the industry in general. That's so true, man. Now, now on that topic, let's get into shows in the West Coast for Chicago versus New York versus where you've maybe even played, right? Yeah. You were touching on the energy of San Diego. <clears throat> uh, maybe comes off opposite because you think the West Coast vibes, people are more chill. They don't want to party as hard. Is that not the same in San Diego? Because San Diego is not L.A. for those that don't, that for those that haven't been to either or don't know a lot, right? There's a totally different vibe in each. Yeah, there is definitely a big vibe, a definitely a difference in, in vibe in San Diego. Um, San Diego is just really good at throwing like wacky, kooky parties. <laughs> like you, 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 you look at some of the photos from like in the back production or the hood politics parties or the warehouse parties out in LA, Freaky Fridays and stuff, and everyone's just like wearing kooky, just like the craziest things just to like stand out and, and uh, it, it's 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 different I guess you know from what it, it, because San Diego is a fairly new house scene you know it, yeah, absolutely. It its own identity by itself without having the without like having the the history of a place like Berlin or a place like Chicago, where they went through the turmoil of, of, of fuck disco, you know, uh, and Chicago is kind of like, you know, Chicago, where house music had to be super underground and where it originated, you know, people have kind of grown in this industry of like, you know, this is what we went through. This is kind of how we've developed over time. Right. Whereas like San Diego, there's no rules. There was no rules to, to, to throw yeah. in parties down there. It's, it's right. basically SDSU and a bunch of, of, of frat kids moving out to, uh, you know, Pacific Beach and, and just throwing the craziest wild like frat parties, but right. club, you know, the same idea of what the ideas of, of the frat parties that they have, you know, wig outs or or, um, you know, ABC parties and, and involving it in the club scene. It's true, man. I really like that description because <clears throat> Chicago, the city of itself, not to say San Diego hasn't been around for a long time, and people don't realize how big San Diego is to the population there, but Chicago is like nitty gritty, man. Like, and, he, and it is competitive, like I said earlier, but within even the house region, the house realm, you know, there's a much smaller group of us and I see that funnel starting to get bigger because more people want to get into it and they know how big it is in Chicago. There's not enough venues here for the amount of people that want to enjoy it and play it. And I think that's what makes it competitive. Yeah. But I love what you said about San Diego. There's no rules, man. If you want to throw a party on the fucking beach, if you want to rent out a boat, any time of the year. I saw a video you DJed in December on a dope party. Like, that's not happening in Chicago, right? Yeah, dude, yeah. Um, the other thing, too, is that a lot of venues have kind of um, the venues over there have looked at the changes of, of what's happened with with primarily rap music, primarily yeah. you know top forty. Yep. 
a lot of the venues have experienced fights, you know, uh, uh, from from the ghetto crowds coming in, and they're tired of of, of having to shut down the club because there was a shooting, or having to shut down the club because there was a stabbing or a big fight, you know. So that's one of the things that happened in Long Beach, where I became a resident DJ at, at one of this place called Panama Joe's. You know, now like when I was living out there and going to school out there, uh, they were like, "No, no hip hop. Don't, don't play that. Like we don't, we don't want the ratchet crowd, like top forty or house music." So I was like, "All right, say less. You don't have yeah. to." Say less. <laughs> Yeah, I'll play exactly what I love. You know, I'll play all the I'll play hip hop remixes of uh, of uh, house music. Yes, that's how I got a lot of my friends in. That's how that's how I actually like got my friends in the house music. It was all just remixes of of, of old hip hop bangers that everyone knows. I I totally agree. I I call it open format house, right? You play these remixes, these mashups of. The most popular songs with just like a banging tech house drop and they don't know the fucking difference right i think that's why it's hard for people to get into it because once you get into it then you appreciate it and you can have those long minute breaks and builds like we're cool with that because we just want that beat to come back but that's not entertaining enough for the let's just call it the pop crowd right right so i see in our generation a lot more now than ever too especially in chicago when i play open format gigs I'm trying to spin 80% house, dude, and I'm getting away with it when two years ago I was not. Oh, for sure. For sure. I I I know, I know those those girls just behind the decks like <laughs> bugging your ear out. Can you what is this? What is this? Oh God, please stop. Music. <laughs> but they're opening up their eyes to it more, and it's because of a lot of these people that are bridging the gap too. Like, if you think about when we were talking about earlier, 2012 to 2013, Swedish House Mafia, Alesso, Cascade was making real big progressive stuff, Hardwell, 2014, Big Room, then came uh, Trap with Flosterdamas. Yeah. That still has its peaks and valleys. Then there was Kygo with Tropical House, which really brought a lot of people from the pop realm into the house realm. Let's just call it house, Chris. You know, you and I know there's a difference, but... Uh, and then that transitioned, right? And then now we had a little bit of pop and the future house and the future base. But house has always been there, man. And it's and a lot of these guys now too are making house music, and it's just slowly migrated, man. If people as big as Alesso are releasing tech house with vocals, and people like Chami that are getting the bass crowd into it that are also playing house, there's just all these fusions that are going into what you and I have always loved all these years, right? I agree, dude. Nail right on the head. I know. I've I've told that story maybe 110 times now. <laughs> Your explanation is perfect, and I like, I myself kind of like pride myself, I guess, on on knowing the the which way it's going. Absolutely. You know which which way it's going because when I the first time I ever heard heard Original Dawn by Flosher Damas. Yeah. I heard it at uh, EDC, uh, I think Flux Pavilion played it, and I was like texting all my homies who are producers, I was like, dude, this, not my not my style, but this is the next wave of music, and if you start producing it this now, you'll blow up. Right. And uh, some, a lot of them didn't take my advice, and I, I even tried like making a little bit of it, but it wasn't, I wasn't ha really happy making, making yeah. that. 
it's crazy though, isn't it though? Because there's so many ebbs and flows with those types of genres. But I mean, the fact that Carnage is doing house sets is like that. Somebody like that is is chasing popularity, right? No offense to him, he gets it. He's got a great brand. The guy is a millionaire, but he's playing house sets because I believe another in our generation, the let's call it 23 to 35, we can't rage like we used to for four days in a row and jump up and down. Dude, my body can't do it. But I love the music and I'm willing to go to movement, for example, right? That doesn't, it kind of breaks me down, but it doesn't break me down as if I'm jumping the whole time, right? So, and I think too, another social construct that's changed is people stop, used to stop partying at 28, 29, 30 years old, right? Now, we're not getting married at 20 and having five kids by the time I'm 27 years old. There's a lot of people who are 30, 35, 40 that don't have kids that are making money and want to go enjoy these types of things, right? But they don't want to go rage with the younger kids. So that's why the 21 plus festivals do well. That's why the house crowd is so mature at certain places. I mean, you've experienced it, right? It's, I think it's great. I think it's growing more than ever. Obviously this COVID situation sucks because steam was really building for the house music community, but it's pretty cool at the same time, too, because I feel outside of the EDM community, people have this conception that it's all about the drugs, it's all about getting fucked up, all this shit. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? The EDM community is still thriving because we're all about the music, right? Uh-huh. You're still producing. I'm still doing my podcast. We're still doing online festivals. It's just a hiccup for us, man, and we'll figure it out. But I do strongly believe house music is going to be the one to, to stay on top during all this. Oh, definitely. It's it's the it's the modern day disco. Yes, you know? I know you love disco too. I love disco. Love disco. My, my dad used to throw. My dad and uncles used to throw like little disco parties back in the day. And really? I, yeah, that's how I knew. I was like, shit's in the blood. <laughs> Are both your parents Hispanic then? Yes, huh? Are both your parents Hispanic? Yeah. Nice, yeah, dude. You've got dancing culture in your blood. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure, I think five bars somewhere on the dance floor. I have no, I have no remorse for showing my dance moves. No, and I think that's probably the best part about five bar. No judgment there. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> no judgment, dude. I'm. Uh, I I rented out five bar for some uh, of the Lavender Group guys just because I was feeding that basement so bad. I was like, fuck it, we're renting it out. We're dropping four hours a house. I gotta get back. Wow. Yeah, dude, that's amazing. Fuck it, dude. Five hours so much. I miss it too. <laughs> I used to go like three times a week. Yeah, I know. Same. It, it, I was even like this close to taking a job for for uh, um, being like an artist liaison or whatever. I was trying to get my in, but all this shit happened. I ended up. Oh, at that point, I, I moved back to California for the winter. Yeah. Like, it made sense. Yeah, of course, man. I want to ask you about that too. Obviously. I've been having interviews since this started over the past, geez, two and a half months now. And the answer has changed a lot with this because now I feel at this point in time, we have a little bit of an idea of what the near future looks like. The far future, we don't know. And so much was already changing that we've been talking about. What do you think is going to happen if you can't answer? You don't have to be, you know, your best estimate. How is it going to affect the music industry for better or for worse? in the near and far future for like um for all this covid shit that's going on yeah 
I mean, for me personally, um, I have music that I want to release. Me, uh, DJ Susan and I and, and Jenny Voss, we have this song uh, called Forever that's like, I'm pretty sure it's it. Like, like we're, we're like, we're very sure it's it. Every single time I've played it for people uh, and the reaction that I've, I've seen, I'm like, yeah yeah feel your energy through this bro that's awesome exactly yeah and and and, uh you know we've kind of chatted about it um uh jenny boss is is, uh i think she's like the next queen of house music she's got amazing voice um she uh hasn't doesn't have a lot of of releases in in house music so she wants to get uh you know stuff out as soon as possible right kind of like myself just digging out you know three year a three-year-old song and just releasing it in november <laughs> um you know I, I i understand but like with this one it's like we want to release it at a time when people can experience it and get the full experience you know get the full like i'm in ibiza i'm you know with hundreds of hundreds of people or a thousand people whatever it may be and, and I'm, I'm hearing this song off of whatever you know drunk or substance i am and, and like i want to fall in love with that song now because it yeah. ties them back to that experience that they heard it in right know? it's not time yet for it yeah exactly so for me personally i think uh um or for us as a group i think we kind of are in a in a situation where we have to push that back to possibly summer 2021. Gosh, it's crazy, isn't it, man? Do you feel you're now when you're in the studio? Cause right, like you've been DJing for a long time, almost a decade, right? Like what'd you say? It's been seven or eight years now? I think I just hit my tenure or Halloween will be my tenure. Well, almost a decade, Chris, right? Yeah. And for someone that starts as a DJ, you probably got into producing and not to assume because you wanted to play your music for people, right? Because you saw the energy you could give to other people with other people's music, right? Yeah. Now we might have to delay that a fucking year. And that's got to, that's tough. It's tough yeah. for me. Like when I'm thinking, I, I'm having real trouble being creative in the studio right now because I'm someone who started as a DJ like you too. And dude. I just awoke to my fucking creative block that I've been having uh, because I feel the same way. I, 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 I was for the past, since I've been releasing, uh, want me to stay. Yeah. I have had such a passion for getting in the studio and literally spending 14 hours a day in the studio, you know, nonstop every single day. And like, just being like, I don't care, like work, fuck it. Yeah. because you know i would be playing shows at the time i'd be playing all the shows and just be like would love to test out the reaction and get that like that high that fucking like damn like i just played this song people went nuts for it you know where it's like now we're doing live streams yeah like you can go through the comments and see people like oh my god this is sick but yeah you don't get that same like no same people don't yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's true, though. Like, and there, sort of, there are so many people that start off as DJs, right? And 
we produce to play it at clubs and festivals. Yeah. Because that's what we want to give is what other people gave to us, right? Yeah. And I know there's it's a pretty pretty even divided line in the sand. I was watching an interview with Claude Von Stroke and Toki Monster. And she asked, Claude, what are you doing with your music? What are you doing with Dirty Bird releases? He was like, we're, we're releasing everything. I saw another interview with somebody else, and they said, I'm holding off. Like, this music was made for the summer. I just put this out right now. Maybe somebody listened to it on their Bose speaker on the beach, but, like, that's not what it's for. Yeah. No, it's not. So. It's not. But here's where, like, I've, I've gone digging into my crates of music that, um, music that i've written in the past that have been different than like house music you know yeah Um, so like i i'm i'm right now at the point where i'm trying to get a bunch of um i'm trying to get a bunch of songs in my pipeline done so i can like get back to my normal one song a week schedule um and I think once I get that down and if all the shit's still going on and there's no DJ opportunities, I'm going to be making some, like, not so much poppy music, but a lot slower, a lot calmer, a lot chiller, a lot a lot more uh, vocal vocal music. Yeah. Because, like, I, I just feel like right now is a, is a, is a perfect time to do that, those kind of releases. Yeah, you just answered my question, man. It was literally like, are you changing your style of production or are you considering it? because of how people are going to consume it like in the actual area not like what medium but yeah i agree man right like unless you can't you can't bang tech house like in your house all day like you can you can't i do and i can i love it but for a lot of people see i was trying to speak for the common people i i usually have just i can just hear a hi-hat in my apartment all fucking day But for most people, like we were talking about earlier, let's call them our friends again that we have to play the mashup score. That's the common population, I would say. That's that's the main audience. Right. And they're all kind of confused on how to listen to music now, too. Like, streaming is actually down. Video streaming is up. Like, YouTube is more than ever. But, like, Spotify is actually down. Wow. I and, yeah, it's crazy. So, I don't know. We're just, like, as artists, right? Like, we're not just artists anymore. We have to be business people. And... I think that's super mature of you, man, to like not only challenge yourself again, but to say, hey, I'm just going to keep making music because this is what I'm going to do. And like I said earlier, bumping the road is not going to slow the true creatives down who really want to do this, right? Yeah, I think I think personally, uh, I think I'm going to do more edits, you know, right now yeah. and build up my, my record label and release like all my edits under there just to get following and stuff. Yeah like free download gates or whatever and and uh yeah i've seen you on hyped it i've seen you there i've uh, seen you there i love it (laughs) hell yeah um yeah i I think that's that's kind of the route that i'm going to be going for the next few months um i've been thinking about um you know edits that i can make and and release for the time being until i can get my original uh songs that i've written um out yeah absolutely man i i love that too like I think, like we said earlier, releasing these sort of well-known songs and putting your own spin on them is, is how you can really develop that core following. And uh, I had a guy on recently, his name's, his name's uh, Evan Price, and he runs this music consulting company, and he talked about finding your true fans, your super fans, right? 
so much better to have a thousand people who really believe in you that are willing to spend money on you than a hundred thousand or a million people who like your Instagram photo. And in order to find them, you got to try a lot of different things. Yeah. Right. Like if you release one type of music, it could take you your whole fucking life before people finally find that lane. So if you do have the creative ability, like you obviously do, fucking do it, Chris. Yeah, you're gonna. You'll definitely hear a lot of different shit. Like, like you asked me earlier, like, will you start to find like a specific sound? Like the shit uh-huh. that I have in the pipeline? No, like it, <laughs> it's a roller coaster for sure. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna strategize it in a way for the time. You know, for 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 the time being of like uh, of this whole situation in the first place. Yeah. Amen. So maybe maybe that'll work for me. If not, hope you enjoy my different different tunes. <laughs> <laughs> I love your attitude on that, man. Now, Chris, with, with ten years in the industry, man, what keeps you coming back? Because you've had a lot of ups and downs. There's no way it's all been uphill the whole time, man. Right? Like you explained, uh, when you went to New York, you left, you came back, you tried Chicago, San Diego. You're obviously trying to find the right spot. What what do you keep doing this for, man? What's the real meaning to you? Um, for me, shit, I mean, like, I've gone through my ups and downs mostly because of my day job. Yeah. Mostly because, uh, you know, for instance, uh, you know, uh, I took two years of of making music. I I took off of making music because I had a girlfriend, you know, who, you know, like, was taking up a lot of my time, um, but also was working uh was working for a startup and building this company um as an as a partial owner of them and and, you know putting in night and day because i saw the amount of work that everyone else was doing so you know when i did want to make music i was making hip-hop because me and the homies were getting high on a saturday night at like a.m in the morning and like all right let's freestyle you know to kind of do something yeah um and so, you know, for two years, I, I, I was just like trapped in that. And I, I had a fight in my head, you know, solar work, solar work, or, or work music, work music, work music. And I got to a, a breaking point at Coachella where I just had a, a, a realization, you know, looking out at, at, at the crowds and, and you know, uh, being completely indulged in the music and was just like this what am I doing? Like, like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, like just kind of looking back on everything, um, that I was doing for the past two years and was just like, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm making change. So love that, man. Yeah. So I, from that point I decided to, um, quit working for people and, and work completely on my own. Um, which gave me way more time. Also broke up with my girlfriend. <laughs> gave me way more time to uh you know focus on me first and foremost because i know that you know first if i'm happy and i'm making music that i love and like i i'm i have no attachments and and i set myself up financially um to where you know i set myself self up to where i can do this full time and, and make money off of this then i can worry about you know starting a relationship having kids the whole 10 yards but Right now, it's like it, it, we're not really at that. I'm not at that point where I can make that full time commitment to 
one person or one or one thing. You know, I think there's a triangle of things that you have a focus on. I think there's three things that you can have like a main focus on and anything outside of that is uh, is not necessarily your biggest focus. You can put attention onto it, but for me right now, it's family, work, and music. I love, fucking A, I love that, man. Yeah. I relate to that, obviously, like, with my day job, I've had it for five years. I work 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'm making fucking cold calls, man. But I know it's really important to keep your daydream because it will help support your long-term dream. And if you need to work twice as hard, dude, I'll, I'll work twice as hard my whole life if I need to. But I just know that having those focuses, right? Like, honestly, it's the same for me. It's family work and music. And... Yeah. I focus on that every day. It's what I write down in my planner. It's what I got to do for the week. And things that come in, that's fine. But I love that, Chris. You got to stay focused, too. And you can't have, like, one focus because you'll go fucking crazy on that. And then it becomes a job, right? For sure. That's probably, I think, the hardest thing for people to understand about music is it's really hard to be creative all the time. Oh, it is. It is. Some people, there are a few people that it just comes to them like speaking but yeah yeah that that's that's uh, that's where you have like different creative aspects you know for me um for me one thing i'm able to be creative in is i just started this meal prep company so i've been like doing a lot of design work to like try to like create you know a visual thing so like the creative aspect of that also makes me happy you know yes Um, in a creative block for music but i'm also like crushing this like design the, the design and marketing for this uh for this meal prep company so no matter what I, I feel like i'm always like finding some ways to be creative i i think that's just how creatives work yeah absolutely i love that man dude meal prep is the shit i've been in hello fresh for like two years now it's changed my life all right well we gotta talk <laughs> we'll get switched over i'll get switched over i trust you you're, you're a good salesman like i said in the very beginning man <laughs> what are you drinking right now what am i drinking yeah i just finished the green line here oh shit i know do i need to get another one you want to cheers really quick yeah let's cheers okay hold on one sec Hell yeah, dude. Here's <laughs> to that, brother. Brother, you the man. White Claw guy. Dude, I have White Claws in there too. No shame. No I, shame. Saw, I saw your other I saw your other podcast and, and I always saw you drinking. I wasn't sure if we were going to drink on this one or if we weren't. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> right? I'm not going anywhere. I got to start packing tonight. So I'm definitely going to be a little tipsy for that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm drinking more alcohol in my life than during this quarantine. Thank you for saying that. Everyone's saying my tolerance is gone, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know about that. I can't even get drunk anymore, for God's sake. Dude, amen to that. <laughs> this is why we do this, man. Seriously. <laughs> Dude, it has been such a pleasure catching up with you, man. And um, Chicago should be getting a little better here soon, but I'd love to see you in person. I'd love to come check out the studio. Thanks for setting it up, bro. I love that little background and the ambiance, the lighting. It's really cool in there. How to do something cool, you know? Fuck yeah. Something a little different. I'm glad we finally got to do this because we've been talking about this for a little while, but um, 
it seriously was so great to talk to you, man. And I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm proud of everything you've been doing. Again, I, I really am a truly a big fan of your music. Yeah, yeah. appreciate that. What about you? You, you got a, you had that Fisher remix that that you that's been doing pretty well on SoundCloud. It just keeps going. It's one of those that I'm just like, all right, like just keep going. Yeah, Glenn and I, uh, we finished that a while ago, and we just decided, all right, let's put it out, you know, like you said, and um, we've been getting good feedback. I don't even, that's not really even the direction I want to go in, but it's bass heavy, and I said, fuck it, let's just drop it on the people. Yeah, what, what is kind of the direction that you're kind of heading in? Uh, definitely more of a, I want to combine disco and tech house. Okay. Um, I'm still trying to find the line if I can make it 50-50 or if I need to make it leaning more one or the other. Yeah. Because I want to I capture that open format, but I, I want to stay true to myself, and that's disco and house. Yeah. So finding that line has been where I've been having trouble creatively. Yeah. So starting with an acapella and then chopping that up is how I've been trying to find inspiration and then just starting with the beat and then hitting the bass line seeing what happens man so i'll have some music i'll send you soon hell yeah dude i love uh, i played that other track during my live streams that you, that you sent over yes ether yeah 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 see that's a little more along the lines like i would say take that sound and then i'm gonna get a disco vocal over it yeah yeah that would be sick that would but be i want to get i want to like i don't know how often you've worked with or been familiar with working with singers they're like they're on a different timeline than everybody else it's like drug dealer time times 50. Oh, so, I can yeah, right and trying to find them is very difficult too yeah um i have a song called psycho killer that i've been working on for the past uh i want to say year i made it in july on the airplane on my way to cancun hell yeah I use this uh, psycho killer sample, but like, you know, I want I want everything to be clear and original. So I hired a vocalist. Uh, I found on SoundShare, and uh, it, yeah, from when I hired them, it's we're now on like a month from from like the completed uh, the completed vocal. Nice, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Excited. Can I hear some of these music that's gonna come out next year? I gotta hear it. Absolutely, I, I'll um I'll put it together in a mix for you. And yes, are you gonna do the mix for us? Hell I'll yes, do the mix. Yeah, I'll, I'll put like I'll try to make it all original and and uh, give you a little preview of, of uh, what I got coming out. Okay, good. Yeah. I like that. What about you? You got songs in the works right now? You got? Yeah, I got some in the works. Any yeah, any releases? Uh, no, not not super soon. Me and Flynn and Max, that one track, Ether, is actually getting released on House of Hustle, but like in November. Okay. So way out there. I think there's a reason we're waiting that long. It's because we're just trying to see when we can get some steam again if things are going to be open. But, yeah. um, dude, I'm honestly, I've been focusing on uh, the brand and uh, the podcast and trying to fine tune that as much as I possibly can uh, and get my process down, you know? So, I'm at a point where I have all the right content. I believe like these interviews are valuable and like interviewing guys like you is so much fun for me and I want to really take it to the next level. So upping my studio setup, like I'm my own apartment, getting my own apartment for the first time. Okay. I've got a big backdrop of the Sherman the Booth right there, bro. We're gonna have a great interview setup. 
it's gonna be a content factory up in that bitch, man. So I'm just like excited to try all these new things and see what can happen. Yeah, I was watching your um, um, the live stream that you did. Uh, mm -hmm. What what uh, what's it what's it called? The, the yeah, that was that at Lay Nocturne, the one on the balcony. No, no, no. It's like the the show that you had with Alligator and and oh, uh, Good Looks TV. Dude, yeah, Good Looks TV was sick. Yeah, bro, I know. Gosh, yeah, doing an online TV show as well. That's Dude. been really fun. Uh, yeah. We've been, we've been uh, trying it, man, and it's, it's been tough, like, technologically, but we're figuring it out. Yeah. And it really is a great concept, man. And I'll definitely put you in the hat for uh, track reviews, too. I'm not sure if you saw. We did one with Flynn and Max, and we can, we can, I can interview, and we can talk about some unreleased Chris Diaz music, bro. For sure, bro. That, that, one, that one was definitely sick. I was like, this is really good production. Yes, I know. If you're trying to do a Sherman in the booth, oh, my God. Dude, no. Sure. So it's uh it's been a lot of work, but it's fun, man. That was a new challenge for me too. Online TV show hosting. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I enjoy it. Maybe on podcasts on your selling your podcast to uh to, to Spotify for hundred million. Like Joe Rogan. Oh dude. That's that's the that's the goal. That's the goal. Hundred million dollars, Joe Rogan, bro. He's fifty-two years old, so I got shit. I got twenty-five years or something like that. You do. He's set for life. I'll do it, dude. Yeah, man. This has been a blast. I appreciate you getting me on here. Yeah. Yeah, I know for sure. Uh, I'm gonna have a few releases within the next month. Um, so if, if you're tuning in and watching this, yes. Uh, I got this uh, song of Skanka that should be coming out pretty soon called uh, Let's Do This Thing. And um, got a few edits that I have in the pipeline that will be released on SoundCloud for sure. All right. So, Let's do this thing, man. That's like your motto. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this thing. <laughs> I love it, Chris. Well, one more cheers, bro. One more cheers. Let's go. It was great to see you, man. Enjoy this weather we've got, and uh, I'm going to see you soon, okay? I hope so. I hope so. I'm excited for this mix as well, that's for sure. Yeah, it's coming, baby. Let's go, brother. You have a good night, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. It's you, brother. Peace.